Good afternoon, everyone. This is the Off Topical Podcast, episode 46. Is that right, Raven? It is. It is the 46th episode. 46 episodes. This is crazy. This week, we're talking about the Librem 5 August update, which came out, I believe, this morning. Uh, we also have Valve making an oopsie and uh, banning a security researcher from actually uh, being able to report his research. And a whole lot more, including unprecedented stupidity from Apple and a bunch of YouTube news. All this and more today. If you haven't already, we have a YouTube channel now. There's a there's a video of, of me on the screen if you're watching the video version. Uh, it's it's a good time. We're, we're going to be talking about and showing the stories that we're actually talking about on the show. Uh, so head over to YouTube and uh, search the Off Topical Podcast. All right, the nice. first story we've got today, Raven, is the Librem 5 August update. Uh, did you have a chance to read this? I did. I did two days ago when it appeared, oh. and uh, I don't remember where I saw it, actually. I know I remember getting to it, though. Did I don't it, remember where I got to it. Did it go up a couple days ago? I, I swear I was looking yeah, for it. Yeah, it's been two days now. August 21st, dude. What? Right? I know. I was stoked, man. I got all excited, and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, I got excited as soon as I saw it. Right, because you know it's it's in in fairness when you read the notes, you know it's nothing really that exciting, I suppose. Because you know it's just a bunch of new. Well, it's not even new. It's it's just a bunch of software that they're updating and fixing. But this means that the Librem Five is almost here. Yeah, we've got like a month before uh, quarter three is out, and so that's when yeah, it's supposed I, to launch. I don't. I don't think they're going to hit the end of quarter three. I think it'll be sometime in quarter four. Uh, I, I I believe that they're going to hit quarter three. I don't. But it's cool because it's like, whatever. Because, I mean, like, this this update literally proves that they're getting close. And it also gives me confidence that it will not have so many bugs because, well, the August update is literally just... Look at all the new fixes and changes to all the applications, which is, you know, awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cause, you know, go ahead. Ah, uh, the GNOME, you know, mobile version, which is basically what they're using for pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, it's never really been battle tested before. Like, yeah, the GNOME team's been working on it and they have some really talented people. But anyone who remembers the iOS and Android launch knows that that's not enough. That's not nearly enough. <laughs> right. Like, it's, wow, it's not enough. <laughs> so, you know, they're definitely probably going to have more stuff to fix, especially after launch. Um, now, granted, they're not starting completely from scratch. You know, the knowledge of the past is definitely helping them. Um, but a lot of these changes from people who have access to the hardware to people who have been testing it on other devices has looks like it's really helping because this just looks like a lot of quality of life changes which is awesome by the way oh yeah absolutely I think it's fantastic because again it means we're close and it means we're going to get a much more superior product honestly if it was delayed until quarter like say january of 2020 it would disappoint me a little bit but if it kept churning out quality of life and bug fixes i'd be okay with it see here's the thing but I do want my phone already. From, I really want my phone. I, I can't say a whole lot. I know a couple things. But um, I'm pretty damn sure that they're going to hit 
uh, like they're going to deliver the phones pretty soon. And well, they better like then. Yeah, it's going to. I mean, basically, what they're the phones, as far as I know, like the actual hardware is done. And well, that's good. So what they're focusing on now is the actual software aspect. Yeah, and they're trying the most to nail. Part. If you're reading these posts, they're just trying to nail down and and get these you know core applications like calls and messaging and uh you know the web browser into a stable and ready to use state for the end product and i'm not really a fan of epiphany though for a web browser i didn't mean to interrupt you but I no really no don't like epiphany. the the thing about epiphany is that it's integrated into the um into the uh, environment right and it's uh there are problems with epiphany i do like it and i think that epiphany will be good especially for uh installing um what would you call Firefox? <laughs> <laughs> no uh I'm, I'm thinking like installing progressive web apps uh, uh yeah. shush shush your mouth progressive web apps are how we're going to have access to all kinds of like mainstream apps you know most of the apps that are on android that aren't like actual hardcore games many of them are progressive web apps yeah and guess what they all suck but that's but but what that means is that we are still going to have the first class smartphone experience Uh, no i i i know i just (sighs) web apps are the future my friend i know and someone that is such an unfortunate side effect someone should just make an operating system that's literally just a browser Oh God! <laughs> Google already did that. It sucks. Ugh. You know, Google had that idea, and it's so bad that now they're making it so you can just install normal Linux on it. Yeah. That is how bad of an idea it is. Oh yeah. Ugh. You know, it's funny. I actually have a Chrome OS book. I actually really have one. Do you? Yeah. You know how much I paid for it? Four hundred fifty dollars like too. No, I paid four hundred fifty dollars. How many? Four hundred and fifty dollars. What? Why? It's a really nice Chromebook. Is it the Pixel? Hell no. Okay. It's from HP, actually. I believe it's HP. All right. It was either HP or Dell. I'm pretty certain it was HP. Whatever. It has a Tegra K1. You know the Maxwell Tegra. Okay. Um, and I got it years and years ago because I was working on stuff, and I was like, I want something, dude. The bad. The only thing I will say about it is that machine, because you know it has like a normal proper laptop battery with like a freaking tablet you know um sock so it it runs like 12 hours where it dies full capacity it runs like forever that's impressive i don't use it anymore i I actually really don't use it anymore uh i probably should because the hardware is just fine i mean it's like four gigs of ram and you know it's a maxwell like so it has like you know you can install like full-on linux on it and download the nvidia drivers and it'll function it you know it supports vulcan so i mean you know hmm. but um yeah that was a long time ago and uh google has burned a lot of bridges with me over the past decade or so yeah you know so well they're not trustworthy and that's why i'm getting a libra 5 <laughs> also because it's just you're cool. getting a libra 5 we are getting a Libra 5. Yeah, yeah. How dare you leave me out of that? You and I, I stoked. are getting a Libra yeah, 5. Yeah, that's much better. Much better. Oh, so <laughs> excited. Dude. And and like like oh. I said, you know, this update, and you said it too, is like they're they're nailing it. 
One thing that is weird, though, GNOME doesn't look like a phone operating system. You know what I mean? Uh, dude. It, it, I like that part. I wasn't like, I'm not dissing it for that. But I was, I've been looking at the screenshots for like the Librem and whatever GNOME calls its mobile version. I'm sure it has a name. I just, I don't know it. Um, mm, I think it's just GNOME. No. They have, whatever. Uh, I mean, that's cool. Purism has the Fosh compositor. Yeah, but I mean, you know. So anyway, my point was more, it's really weird how they managed to like take Linux GNOME and put it on a phone and kind of still give it that same GNOME vibe. Like the first thing I want to do is install the Yaru theme because the Yaru theme is awesome and Idwata or however the hell you say it is awful. And should be ashamed. I don't like that. Raven, it's it's too white. I need you to it's apologize to our audience because you just no, lied it's too to much them. White. You lied to them. Lied to them you, about what? You said that you want to install the Yaru theme. Themes yes. do not exist in GNOME. Oh, for God's sake! Don't even give me. Don't even they get don't. me started on that crap. They don't exist. Oh, I know they don't. That's like it, saying it is what it is. That's literally like saying. I'm going to install a theme for uh, you know, Facebook.com. That's oh, not but how it works. Technically, technically, they do have themes, and there is technically a theme switcher, even if it is the hackiest thing on the planet. It's a hack. It's not a theme. Yeah, well, you know what? I don't care. Okay. The Yaru looks a lot better than Idwata or however you say it. Is that how you say it? That's how I'm saying it. I, I, Idwata, I, Adwaita, I don't know how to pronounce it either. I, I don't, I don't, it's just, I know it's hideous. <laughs> I love it. I think that it's gorgeous, and I'm it's super It's too much white! Wait, you it's can put on the, the dark theme, quote-unquote. Come on, dude. Yaru is better. Yeah. But you know, that's great, because that's really my only hold-up with it. Like, that's it. Yeah. I just too much white. Like, other than that, it looks beautiful. Like, look at these screenshots. Oh, like, everyone listening should, like, pull it up if you can. Unless you're yeah. driving, well, like we a have, certain someone. Yeah, we have a link um, to this actual story where you can see the posts uh, yeah, in the like forums. It looks, it looks really beautiful. Really nice. Mu- and you know what else? You know what else? Epiphany is so much better on a smartphone yeah. than Firefox or Chrome. And oh, you yeah. know why? Because I don't have to go to a hidden submenu to go forward or back. Right. I hate that. You yeah. know, Firefox even took away the ability to go forward for some reason. What? On the phone? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Or no. No. Was that Chrome? It was one of I them. I don't know. It might have been Chrome. Uh, no, Firefox has it. I just pulled up my phone. Um, one of them changed something. Oh, I know. I know. They moved it to a hidden sub menu, which really ticked me off. Because it's like, you know, and, I, and, I, and on the one hand, I do get it, right? Because you don't have a lot of horizontal space and you have a lot of vertical no. So, like, you know, you want to you wanna take advantage of that and, like, you don't want everything, like, you know, because you can't have really small icons. Like, that's the worst part about designing anything for a smartphone. Like, you can't have a lot of small icons or stuff because there's not enough precision because touchpad sensitivity. Right. So, and don't get me wrong, they are really good these days, but they're not good enough to support, like, a normal operating system. Like, anyone that run, like, full Linux on a phone before knows it's practically impossible to use it without a mouse. So anyway, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it looks so much better. Like, look at that. Oh yeah. Look at look at, look at Epiphany. 
It's gorgeous. We're we're looking at it on the video version right now. Yeah, and, and the other thing too, I just want Firefox on there. And I know that sounds kind of here's like, the eh, this is the issue really with Firefox. This is the issue with Firefox, right? It's like with it's with big. GTK apps, first of all, they can be customized relatively easily to accommodate a screen like this. With Firefox, they would literally have to fork the project and refactor the the rendering like the the chrome rendering uh, uh, you know the browser chrome that like for a, a smartphone and I, that's just not they shouldn't because it already exists on android so they shouldn't have to yeah but the the it does firefox doesn't actually exist on android firefox on android is based on chrome i don't think so i think it uses servo um i think we need to figure this out now yeah I, I mean, I know the iOS version uses uh, WebKit because, I mean, Apple forced them to do that because that's Apple's rules. You have to use the same version of WebKit that everyone else does, which is just moronic. But whatever, Apple, you go be you. But I'm fairly certain Firefox on Android uses whatever, you know, whatever that version of Firefox is. It's either Servo or Gecko. And besides, if it was WebKit, then it's already supported anyway. Thanks, you know, because Epiphany's just using the just the bare bones WebKit anyway. Whoops. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I for some reason I I, I feel like I read somewhere that uh, you might have mixed it up with iOS because iOS does use WebKit and has to use WebKit because of Apple. Hmm. Apple forces them to, but I think on Android they use their own. All I can say is is that. It works a lot better than Chrome, which is really weird on Android. So, like, and I find that to be very weird. Because you would think Google would do a good job. But I think here lately they've been so focused on preventing ad blockers that they forgot that they were making a web browser. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's also really cool that they have uh, the uh, initial setup screen. It looks really nice. It does. You know the best part? What? It's, like, four things and then you're done. Four things. Yeah. Yay! Like, setting up Android takes, like, 20 minutes. Give us your f credit card information. <laughs> like, that that's it's a like, thing on Android. Yeah. And on iOS, and stupid. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing that I like that they do, everything's a button. So, and what I mean by that is, like, when you sign up for stuff on, like, a lot of different stuff, like, whether it's a Windows machine or, you know, your, your, you install, like, your smartphone, you ever notice how, like, the current strategy is, is to, like, if you want to like skip and not do this step, they don't make it a button. They make it a text link. Yeah. I hate that. Oh, me too. That's a dark. I really pattern. hate that. It is. Yeah. And it's so deceptive. Uh, or my personal favorite, they'll make it a button, but it's grayed out until you click it. Uh, I love that one. Anyway, yeah. they don't do that. They just have like these two buttons and you just pick which one you want and hit next. And then you have your privacy. Am I going to do automatic problem reporting? No. Am I going to do location services? No. Right, but look at how smooth it is. It's just you just click the two little radio radio buttons, and then you hit next, and you're good to go. Like you're ready. Yep, you're just set up. Oh, I love it. It's so excited, it's gorgeous, dude. I, dude, I am so it, man. effing excited for this phone. And I mean the the, the updates uh, in this in this month's update thing is like is impressive. Like they, I mean, it's a lot of like small like quality of life things, but like just being able to use. Um, uh, 
like the the back button is like context sensitive now and it's easy to implement for developers so you can like paginate into a new screen and in, in your gtk app and then hit the back button and go back to where you were like just quality of life for end users and developers uh the ability to to place calls and start chat messages um from the contacts uh menu you know what i'm saying just these little things being able to handle uh sms messages while chatty isn't open like little things like that that are just obviously that have to be there for a phone to actually work as a phone but like that you you don't you don't think about these things you know what i'm saying like you think oh how hard is it to actually have you know how how hard is it to make like a smartphone operating system it's not trivial dude and like people give purism crap and sometimes they're like oh my god why would i pay six hundred dollars for us for a phone like this it's like you're not just paying for the phone you're paying for these developers to spend their time you know to make a living building this as free software like this is like hugely important and it's not even backported to gnome they're literally working at the same time with the gnome project so you know everyone else benefits from this too like um Oh yeah. How how many how uh, how many uh, other like Linux powered smartphones are going to be available after you know PureOS comes out because you know Purism did the work. You know what I'm saying? Like I seriously oh, yeah. I seriously doubt that um uh what's that the Pine phone is not going to use any of the code that Purism is creating here. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Because they're just they're just using a stock version of uh, well, whatever version of GNOME they're using. I don't actually know which version it is, but I just I the thing is, GNOME is not exactly the lightest weight desktop environment. It's really not. It's quite a bit of a how to put this delicately. Um, it's a bit of a ram whore. Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah. Well. But it is like that's a very common. I know the GNOME project itself gets a lot of flack in that exact word usage too. Even, um, but there's a reason for it because it's true. Like it, it does use a lot. It looks nice, um, and there are some design choices that led up to that amount of RAM usage. It's still less than Windows because, I mean, we're still Linux people here. Um, but you know, phones have limited hardware. Uh, so I'm hoping that maybe, you know, a lot of these changes, a lot of these improvements to get it run really good will also translate in the future to desktop. Right. Well, the last release I would like of, a lighter GNOME. The last release of GNOME actually had like several performance improvements that like seriously mm-hmm. speeded up the environment. And Yeah. And I'm wondering if it has to do with the fact that GNOME has been working really hard to be viable on a phone. I think so. I really do. I hope so. Because the RAM part isn't necessarily that big of a deal. I mean, it is a big deal on a phone with only 3 gigs of RAM. uh, But on most modern machines where, like, the common denominator is 8 gigs of RAM, it sucks that it uses that much, but it's not, like, it's not going to break you, you know? Right. You know, maybe unless, of course, you're playing some Minecraft mod that needs, like, Mm -hmm. 12 gigs of RAM. But other than that, typically, yes. Will JavaScript Minecraft, I mean, will Java Minecraft work on Libra 5? Um, 
you can get Java on there. Um, getting the Minecraft version on would require you to write an OpenGL ES renderer. Mm, but there mm. is the Raspberry Pi version. That version might be portable. But does that version, like, support playing on, like, the heavy element Minecraft server? I don't think yeah. it does. Yeah. 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 It's quite a bit outdated. Um, yeah. It's kind of like a much earlier version of Minecraft. It's basically like creative mode only, so it's built perfectly for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, if you solve the, the renderer problem, it should work. I mean, I say should, but, you know, cough, cough. I mean, it's still Linux, technically, and yeah, if you can get... I mean, you would also have to replace on any of the dependencies with, you know, the ARM-appropriate ones. But I don't think Minecraft really has that many dependencies. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, it'd probably be easier to get mime test because the source is open, but, I mean, I guess in theory you could hack your way around it. Hmm. I mean, it would be quite a pain, but... I don't know. I'm going to try it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't... I mean, outside of the lightweight Java game library, I actually don't know what Minecraft uses for a dependency because it uses the lightweight Java game library and, like, a few things that are included with the project. Hmm. As far as I know, it doesn't use anything else. I mean, it's Minecraft. It's not like it's using a physics system. It's not like it's using anything special for the networking. It's just standard Java sockets. Like, it's using OpenAL for audio. Like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, like, I can't really imagine it's using anything, like, proprietary that wouldn't be possible. But, yeah, I mean, if it was open source, absolutely, because you could just, you know, rewrite it. But yeah. someday someone might just make a Minecraft for the uh, Libra 5. That'd be cool. Never know. That would be <laughs> cool. Not in JavaScript though. You need you need to be more efficient with it because you know. Yeah. All right. Hey, you only got three gigs of RAM, man. You gotta, yeah. gotta, you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be smart about it. Right. And um, I also like the terminal. The fact that it comes built in with a terminal is just awesome. Hell yeah, dude. I you know I had to install uh, Citrus SSH on my Android phone. And mm. I was like, terrible, huh? Is it terrible? It's not very good. Mm. Yeah, but it does automatically log in for you. So you don't have to type your password a bunch. Oh, that's, nice. That's nice. Well, that's good. That is good. Yeah. It seems that they also included a lot of new power management features. It does. I saw that the uh, power management, you know, they're having, they're having, uh, they're injecting, uh, what are they? Thermal sleep commands. Is that right? Where am I seeing this? What is it called again? Uh, thermal something or other. Yeah, and they're going to have uh, spend and resume, apparently, at some point. Um, which is nice. Uh, they're, it's going to throttle now. The CPU throttles now instead of just shutting off when it reaches critical temp. Yeah. That's really nice. I mean, my phone does that, like, all the time, throttles down, because, you know, how dare I use it. Um, right. Yeah, I know. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a really, really fast phone, and it has a lot of horsepower, but it's so thin. It's like if it was, like, five centimeters thicker, hell, even two centimeters thicker, it would have so much more thermal displacement compared to this thin 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 phone and that's another thing i like about the librem it's not all that thin which is nice i'm hoping it 
you know, has a little bit of breathing room. Yeah, me too. Um, I'd also, also, I don't want my fingertips burning off when I'm trying to type. Right. Uh, I'm hoping that I, I have a USB type C dongle. It has like uh, HDMI out. It has USB type uh, A 3.2 ports, I believe. Um, nice. It has uh, an Ethernet jack on it. I'm hoping that I can just 3D print a little thing so I can like plug that into my Librem 5 and then have that plugged into a monitor and you know, a mouse and keyboard or something and be able to just instantly if, convert. If they would make a dock, that would be amazing. Oh my god. That a, dude, a dock would be amazing. Need at least two USB ports, HDMI out, and that's it. Um unrelated, have you seen uh Asus sorry not Asus uh, you saw the Samsung thing with Samsung's decks? Yeah. That is awesome. Like I'm not really a fan of Sam, uh, well, I actually am a fan of Samsung's phones. I just don't like Google or Android or Samsung either. But anyway, um, the phones are nice. Like they're they're very you know at least their high end models are pretty nice quality. Um, but Dex is really cool. Like full blown Linux on your device. I mean that's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like that's that's awesome. And I know that's been a work in progress since like the S5 or S6 and it's finally started to take shape and they have a dock for it and it's really rad. You just plug it in. It has like three USB ports, I think two, something like that. Yeah. And an HDMI out and a power port. So you can charge the thing while you're using it. I'm like, that is awesome. Cause you know, the phone goes into sleep and with the screen off, it's one, it's using less power and two, it's not getting as hot. So, you know, and then you just use your phone. Cause honestly, remember when you canonical was making their phone and they were touting as they, they were going to make like, you know, you can plug it up at a station and then pick it up and take it home and plug it up. You know, it's like yeah. a port, it's like a true because, I mean, you know, some of these new smartphones, the hardware in them is fast enough to do pretty much anything we want to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, convergence is what they called it with one, two. Yeah. And that's a really awesome future. And because, um, you know, like watching some modern phone games, like the really high end ones, you know, they look better than most Xbox 360 titles. Yeah. And they're true. like approaching like PlayStation 4 and Xbox One quality. Like some of them are getting really good looking. Like if you have the the phone hardware and you crank up the settings, like you can get some pretty nice quality out of it. Yeah. And um I don't know if the gameplay on is any good, but probably not. It's probably uh, well, <laughs> s- some of it might be. I know uh Madfinger Games, they make Shadowgun Legends, which is basically like Destiny but for a smartphone. Yeah. Uh, I play that every now and again because it's actually pretty fun. Nice. I mean, it's just, it's, like I said, it's literally just Destiny, but for a smartphone. And it's actually pretty fun. Like, I'm serious. Like, it's actually pretty fun every now and again. Is it? Does it um, have, like, microtransactions and stuff? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I I wouldn't play that. I, well, uh, they actually, the company is pretty famous for having, like, really good microtransactions. Um, so... Really, you can play the whole game and never have to purchase anything. Um, I've only purchased one time because to get the inventory unlocked, you have to buy something. So I bought the cheapest thing. And mm. um, like whatever, it was like $2 or something. And then my inventory fully unlocked and never bought anything since really. Because okay. I don't care about all the cosmetic stuff. But like there's no like, you know, super rare mega awesome gun and you buy it and now you can just murder everyone. It, no. <laughs> 
doesn't have that. I mean, you, you, I think you can actually get stuff like that, but like the game itself is set up so that really, if you want the best stuff, you just have to grind because it's like Destiny. So you just grind and grind and grind. So it's not really my thing, but every now and again, it's nice to play. There are a couple of good phone games like that. Um, Madfinger makes a lot of like really fun little stuff like that. Hmm. Where their games are just, yeah. They're one of, and, and they make money, you know? They're not dickheads like most companies. <sighs> I hope the Librem gets a phone like that. Because honestly, games will probably make or break the Librem 5. I know that sounds weird. And, you know, privacy is great and all. But Purism needs the phone to, like, become not mainstream, but popular. And yeah. I don't think there's enough paranoid people out there to justify the popularity of the Librem 5. I don't know. Of it. To be honest, I think that there's actually a bigger market of people who are willing to try alternative phones. Yeah, but than... not for $700. They're not. Like, that's the thing. Like, a lot of people are tired of their Android phones. But when you compare the hardware, because, you know, that's what people look at. Like, just saying. When you compare the hardware between a $700 Samsung and a $700 Librem, the Samsung's always going to win. And so they're going to they're gonna be like, okay, well... I want the privacy aspect of the Librem. So then they're going to be like, okay, what's available for me? Because, you know, that's another really important thing. It's not just games. You know, productivity. Like, people use their phones for everything. So, Which I don't understand. I know, but we're maybe, you know, we're the minority in this uh, yeah. new world. Um, as far as, you know, what we use phones for. Because, like, my phone, you know, hasn't been turned on all day today until I just turned it on just now to check Firefox. And it's 4.04 p.m. on the East Coast. So, <laughs> I mean, I haven't turned on my phone all day because I don't use it. And no one has called me. So, yeah. Yeah, it turns out I'm not really all that big on using my phone. But anyway, again, like I was saying, you know, like games, you know, people like having games on their phone. Like people like having, you know, productivity. Like is LibreOffice going to be ported? Because if it is, that's going to be rad. Yeah. Like someone needs to do that. Not me, but someone. <laughs> I don't want to do it. It's too much work. I'm trying Libre, to... uh, LibreOffice is big, man. Like, I don't want to touch that project. No way. I, I wouldn't do that. I use, I've used but, my phone for 45 minutes today. That, just a fun Wow, fact. you've used it more than me. I've used it for less than a minute. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to just put that out there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Anyway, I think we I've, I think we've uh, thoroughly exhausted this story. What do you think? I don't know, dude. The Librem is amazing. I it's truly dude, I'm wonderful. so I am so stoked for this thing. And people sometimes have asked me like, "Why why are you so stoked for it? Like what, you know, it just seems it seems like a, 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 a an open source smartphone." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's kind of the idea." <laughs> like it's so exciting to me. To know that I have, I'm going to have a smartphone with software that isn't spying on me, that isn't listening into my conversations, that isn't trying to track if I'm paying attention to advertisements on the television or not. That makes me excited. Anyway, I want to know what you guys think. What do you guys think about the Librem Five? Uh, have you uh, seen this this latest uh, news story, this latest update from Purism? Head over to the forums, forum.heavyelement.io. Let us know what you think in the show notes. Uh, it's always a fun time to have a conversation in there, isn't it?
All right, here we go. Valve says that turning away a researcher uh, was a big mistake for them. Um, did you read and this story? I did, and I didn't feel like it was malicious. I feel like it was one giant misunderstanding. Yeah, like, it, that was the impression that I got. Because a lot of a lot of people were like, "Ah, look how you know, like they already raised their pitchforks and their you know torches before like anything had really." come out but if you read the Ars Technia article it really just seems like like when they say a mistake they don't mean like it was a mistake to turn him away they mean like it was a mistake and that he was turned away like it it wasn't their intention and when the second person tried to disclose it as well you know and and they've since corrected the issue yeah so which is good like it wasn't an issue before and then when it became an issue they didn't know and you know I think it's great that you know they you give you know, it's fun to give Valve a lot of crap, but at least they do own up to their mistakes and they correct them when they did, do actually speak at some point. But did they own up to Dota? Uh, well, they said it was their mistake. Like, Oh, no, I, I mean, wasn't talking about be... this. I was talking about that Dota card game. <laughs> they Did they own up to that card game? Well, it didn't make any money, so I would say that's probably <laughs> the best you're going to get. So. Okay. I mean, it kind of bled cash. Dota Underlords is doing pretty good, though. I've heard that, yeah. You know, the card game is... Oh, I'm going to talk about that card game for a second. If they would just make that thing free-to-play, they'd make so much money. Probably. If you could earn cards and plus buy cards, that game would make a fortune. Because as a card game, it's actually really fun. I didn't as get a into card it game, at all. It's fun. As, as a card game, it looked like a lot of fun. And it shot itself in the foot because you have to spend so much money to get a good deck. But anyway, mm. um, back to this hacker thing. Um, yeah, to <laughs> me, it just like I don't really have too much to say on this one other than, you know, he reported it. And then it, it kind of feels like Hacker One was the one who kind of stepped in and was like, no. Yeah. So like it wasn't really Valve, which is weird. Right. So what what seems to have happened is that um uh, Valve hires Hacker One to kind of work as like a front man for issuing, you know, for receiving bug reports and vulnerability disclosures. And then they also, Hacker One determines if the vulnerability is like conforms to Valve's rules, right? Am I, am I understanding that correctly? Yes. So the way that it works is Hacker One or Valve laid out the rules of what constitutes a, a vulnerability that's you know, eligible or within bounds of receiving a bounty. And uh, there was a misunderstanding between Valve and the, the Hacker One team. And so, right, as in the Hacker One team didn't even check with Valve. I mean, they just, like, Valve laid out some rules and they just checked with that. And then they were like, shoo, go away. And the guy was like, I don't want money. I just want this vulnerability. I want people to be aware of it. And then they told him to go check their disclosure report guidelines and it was like yeah now you're just being an ass that was the that second point, guy right that was the first guy. oh the, yeah right that was just that was the first guy the first guy said i just want people to be aware of it and they said nah just go check the rules because you're not allowed to do that and yeah I, and that's and and in fairness i understand that they won't give out the reports if it's outside of the scope and but it doesn't feel like they contacted valve like if there was some dispute with the policy you would think that they would just go, okay, well, you know what? You found the next ploy, and it it kind of goes against the policy that Valve has set for us. Let's just shoot an email, because how hard would it have been to shoot over an email to Valve and be like, hey, and just lay out what happened, what he said, the exploit, and Valve would be like, you know, oh, shit. Um, yes, 
all right, we'll amend it, just accept it, and we'll, you know, we'll go, we'll fix it. Yeah. And they just kind of were like, no, like they spoke for Valve. And I understand that Valve hires them and sort of, because, you know, people are probably always submitting crap. So they're just like, you know, go away. Like, this is not a vulnerability or whatever. You know how it is. Yeah. So, but it's like when someone can prove something very seriously happened. Now, granted, I find it funny it only happens on Windows, so whatever. Yeah. But it's still a problem, and they should have like I. And on all fairness, I don't feel like Valve should really be getting too much flack for this. This is all on HackerOne. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Valve laid out rules that said that they didn't want bugs reported that allowed Steam to launch malware that was installed outside of Steam and run the malware as the current user, right? And so the way that this vulnerability worked, it seemed like, you know, if there was already, you know, an inkling of of uh, uh of the of the hacker, of the attacker having some kind of unprivileged access to the system, they would be able to get deeper access through an exploit in Steam and hacker one yeah. didn't understand uh, the intent of Val's rule, so they banned the second guy that reported this issue. Um, and then in response, this guy released uh, another unknown vulnerability in Steam just a couple days yeah. ago. So, yeah. And people, I mean, you know, I think you're pretty... I think you're right on with, with the fact that this really isn't Steam or Valve's fault. You know, this is mostly on Hacker One, But at the same time, you know... I think that I, I read also in this article that um Well Valve still hasn't gotten in contact with them either, so Oh really? Yeah, See, I read so... I read that Valve have released a patch but it didn't actually fix the problem and they were still able to bypass the, the patch. Yeah. It just mitigates yeah. it but doesn't fix it. It's probably a temporary fix, you know? Make it just uh, a little bit more harder while they actually fix the problem. Yeah. You remember kinda like how they did with Spectre and what was the other one? Meltdown. Yeah, meltdown. They like immediately just threw it under the bus and like crushed it, and then they, a few weeks later, a real fix came out. Yeah, because you know that some of that stuff's really serious. You gotta you gotta do anything you can to make it harder while you work on fixing it, especially considering you went public with it. it. Didn't give them any time to fix it. Right. So, and, and you know, I understand because it's a serious problem in Hacker One. So hopefully Valve gets in touch or whatever, gives him what he's due, and uh, whoops knock it over sorry um and uh you know just just gets it resolved like it seems like valve acknowledges that it was a mistake that, on their part um and and maybe they'll broaden their guidelines a little bit at hacker one and uh we won't ever see this ever again yeah. i know some people are making a really big deal about it especially some epic game store fanboys which is hilarious because i don't wait think anyone... those exist yeah there actually <laughs> are people i know right I don't think anyone who enjoys the Epic Game Store should really be talking about how crappy Valve is. I mean, yes, the Valve client is total trash, but the Epic Game Store set a new bar. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm just hoping it gets fixed because, you know, I don't really like seeing infighting. And I also don't really understand why people are making such a big deal because it was clearly just a, like, a oopsie, like, whoops. Like it, you know, like it was basically out of their control. And by the time they even knew about it, it had already ballooned into this big thing. And Valve was like, we didn't know. Like, mm. you know, like yeah. Valve deserves a lot of the crap they get, especially over the years. But 
Uh, I think in this case, they really didn't do anything wrong. They just got blindsided by the fact that the internet mob just does what it does best, which is just jump on everyone immediately. Yeah. I mean, uh, the the response to this, I mean, there were security researchers who were like, what the hell? But, you know, like we've been saying, I think that this is not really Valve's fault necessarily. Um, and you know, you know that you and I are going to get accused of being Valve fanboys for saying that. Whatever. Yeah. I I, I play so little of games these days that yeah. I don't even care anymore. It's like ah. If if you if I, you I think I'm a Valve fanboy, games. go check out my YouTube channel. I've called them out many many times. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and I also called their client a piece of shit just a bit ago. Yeah. It's a piece of shit. I'm sorry, Lundu, but it is. <laughs> uh yeah i don't know what do you guys think about this story do you think that uh, valve are in the wrong here you think this falls more on on a uh, hacker one's turf uh, let us know in the show notes forum.heavyelement.io uh, i'm also on twitter at the linux gamer and raven is at seven, six is at raven six seven eight five four <laughs> took me a second <laughs> you got it All right, Raven, did you hear about the Apple credit card? When they announced it last year, yes. And also the topic of our story, yes. Uh, I had a good laugh with some friends the other day for like 30 minutes about this. This is just the most hilarious thing I've ever heard in my entire life. The fact that Apple released a credit card that you can't store with your other credit cards, you can't put it unprotected in your denim pants, and you can't put it in a leather wallet is probably the most Apple thing I have ever heard of in my entire effing life. Which is weird because isn't it made from titanium? Like, yeah, but it's like it's like powder coated in some kind of like really brittle. Uh, it, <sighs> it's so stupid, dude. Basically, if you put if you put your Apple card in in your denim pants or in a wallet with made of leather, guess what's going to happen? It's going to get stained. It's going to get stained. And if you put it in, if you put your Apple card in your purse and there's change or keys or anything like that in your pocket or in your purse, it's going to get scratched all to hell. They can't even make disposable credit cards. And that's an expensive card too. Well, they, I don't like I think the actual it's free. physical card costs money. Oh no, they they give it to you for free. I'm just saying, like that card actually costs some money because it's oh, yeah. metal. Like, yeah, yeah. Plastic is way cheaper. Yeah. It's like that's why everyone else uses plastic, or oh, I don't know, uh, a stronger metal, or they don't put some stupid finish on it. Yeah. You know what they should have put on it, just for shits and giggles, <laughs> just so they can go this way. Your kids won't put it in their mouth. You know that crap that Nintendo puts on its. Uh, uh, it's little <laughs> Nintendo Switch games yeah. that makes it taste terrible. They should have sprayed the whole card in that. That sounds that sounds like a good idea. I like yeah. that idea. Yeah, I'd be sitting there, you know, licking it like. <laughs> Did you notice uh, also that they changed the the layout of the pins for the smart card that's in it? No, I didn't. Yeah, like they made it look more appley. It like you know instead of it looking like. A, a car like a, a smart card or a sim cards you know contacts it's all yeah. it's all like rounded corners and you know Aww. it's it's very it's very uh play school <laughs> i you know it's funny because last week we talked about how uh apple is getting in trouble because they claim that all their data is you know the icloud is run by them yeah 
and they never said it. I don't think they ever said it was hosted by them, but they said it's run by them. And technically, they are correct. It is run by them. Um, technically. Um, but I like the fact that they're like, you know, we have our own credit card and all this other crap now. And it's just, it's it's being propped up by Goldman Sachs. Oh, yeah. MasterCard. Yeah. You're on. And all I. Yeah. Uh, if you go to their main, if you go to the landing page, apple.com slash apple dash card. It says Apple card is here. Apple God, card is here. You scroll down a little bit. It says a new kind of credit card created by Apple, not a bank. It's backed by Goldman frickin' Sachs and Master frickin' Card, dude. Like, well, it has to be. It has like, to be. To make, it has to be. In order to make a card, like, Apple's not a bank, so they actually need someone or they have to set up a bank in order to really do that sort of stuff. You yeah. know, because, I mean, you're giving someone credit now fairness apple has an enormous amount of money and we don't know the details like goldman sachs might be handling it as like a service and they collect a fee every year yeah whether it's through transactions they get a portion of it or whether apple pays them a fixed amount but for all we know apple's having to put up like what it's 200 plus billion dollars you know maybe it has to put up a few billion of that in reserve right for actually you know the credit lending part yeah because you know it's a credit card so you have to have something to give to someone when when someone swipes it and uses it. So someone has to put up that money. So, you know, if Apple's not the one putting up that money, then Goldman Sachs or MasterCard is, or both of them. Yeah. I, and I mean, they, in fairness, when they announced it last year, they said that. Now, I don't know what part of this is by Apple and not by a bank. Like, the look? Yeah, clearly a look is... Because, I mean, on their page, it even has MasterCard on it. So, you know, and and another reason why they probably work with MasterCard is probably just because ease of use. Yeah, MasterCard. Because you can use it just about anywhere in the world. It's like Visa, you know? You have Visa or MasterCard, you can use it pretty much anywhere. Like, who's going to accept Apple Card? So, maybe, maybe they, so maybe, like, you can ring it up as an Apple Card or a MasterCard. And then maybe if it gets popular enough, they'll abandon the MasterCard portion. Yeah. I suspect that this is like another like disruptive play. Like they just want to disrupt the whole banking industry. Well, it's it's also they also have the clout, the money to do it. Yeah. So, you know, and and the other thing too is it's kind of like the Apple Pay thing. Like this is just the next step. Yeah. You know, because with Apple Pay, you know, I'm not really sure how it works. I think it just pulls straight from your account. You just set it up, and then there's like a small transaction fee. I'm not really sure how it works. I imagine it works a little closer to like PayPal than anything else. Yeah. Um, so, but like this is the next step because, I mean, think about it. Apple sales are, are they are down. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're making tons of money. I'm not saying they're broke or anything. Right. Just, their sales have gone down. So that means you need to diversify. Apple's getting into cars. God, what aren't they getting into? Artificial intelligence. Um, you know, now they're reality. getting into, <laughs> yeah, they're getting into banks. Yeah. So like, they're diversifying their assets so that because like especially if we look back two or three years ago if their market had cut in half apple would have been in serious trouble i mean granted they could have fallen back on their billions of dollars surplus but no company likes doing that so you know they would have been hurting um if when you have to dip into your reserves although in apple's case it's like impressive at how much money they have stored away um but this diversifies their assets so that if one division kind of falters or whatever, you know, they can prop it up with another one while they build it back up. Right. You know, they, cause I mean, most of Apple's money comes from iOS, 
you know, I guess now it's kind of split because, you know, the operating system split, but that's where the bulk of their cash comes from. So, you know, it makes sense to diversify. Like it actually makes sense. And the thing I like is no fees, not even hidden ones. Like I've got to be honest here. I've never had a credit card that has hidden fees. Oh yeah. I had fees that were, uh, very well known, but like I've never had hidden fees before. I don't think. Yeah, I've I mine has no hidden fees or fees of any kind really. I think yeah. there's a penalty if I don't use it like once a year or something. It uh I don't know. I think there was something in there about the card being void hmm. or something and I was just like whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Like I one I'm never going to have that problem cuz I pay everything with it. So Right. I just yeah. I I scrolled down to uh, it, it says a card that's materially different. I mean, it's so different that you can't put it in your freaking wallet. That's that's so uh, I can't get over how Apple that is. Yeah, one but, thing I do yeah. like though is the fact that they're going to show how much money you have to pay to avoid interest charges. Yeah, um, that is a really nice feature. Uh, my card um, sorta has that feature. So it just tells me the statement that's due that month. And if I pay that, then there's no interest. Hmm. That's basically, I guess that's really the same thing. So I don't really know how unique it is, but Apple makes it a lot more um, obvious, which is nice. Yeah. Now, in, in, in my case in particular, um, I only use my credit card. So I don't use my debit card. So it, I don't spend money that you know isn't there anyway. Plus, as Americans, it slightly builds up my credit history, so it's all good. I I think uh, I'm I'm like I can scroll with my mouse wheel, but I'm like trying to scroll through this web page, and I literally if you can't... get stuck on that stupid interest charge thing, just keep scrolling really hard. Eventually, you'll like well, I pop can't, right past it. I can't click on the actual scroll bar and drag it. Yeah, I know it's stupid. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I know it's stupid. Um, I mean, I can you do that, but it froze on me a bit there earlier. This is horribly. <laughs> If you're if you're on the web page, scroll down to the part where it says to create a different kind of card, we worked with a different kind of partner. So you got Goldman Sachs MasterCard. Look at the hand that's holding that card. It it is literally uncanny valley to me. Like that's not how hands look to me. Like that looks incredibly off. It is weird. I don't like it. Why does that look so ah. weird? I don't know. Like, that's not how fingernails look. Are you thinking of... Well, I mean, some people cut their fingernails into really sharp points. Um, and then this, the, the, the lady holding the iPhone up, up a little bit more, a new level of privacy security, she looks uncanny valley, too. Like, it just yeah, looks... It's probably just CG or something. It's what? kind of feels like that. It kind of feels like it's CG. Yeah, it feels that, off. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, the thing that gets me, though, is we've worked with a different kind of partner. I mean, I don't know what anyone who watches this podcast knows about Goldman Sachs, but you guys should go look it up because they were one of the, not exactly the up and up. No, they were people. one of the primary motivating factors in the recession, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. were. And what, what was it? They're, and the, Frank or something. And what was uh, it? it's the one that kept giving out all them loans to people that they Fannie didn't Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Anyway, yes, those two. They're basically like that. I mean, Goldman Sachs, they're they're an investment bank. So 
if you bank at Goldman Sachs, you have a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of money and not just a couple million. You have a lot of money. Um, yeah. And, and we bailed them out, which is hilarious because they make a lot of money. Interestingly enough, their revenue is only reported at thirty six point six one six billion, but I believe oh. they hold like five trillion dollars worth of assets. Yikes! So yeah, it, it's one of those things where I wonder if they're actually uh, if they don't make more money, we just don't know about it, sort of thing, you know? Yeah, because of how they report it and all. But yeah, um, they've had a lot of scandals. They've had a lot of controversies and scandals and. Like it, it's like most banks, they're not great. Like, yeah, they, 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 yeah, they carry a lot of assets, but different kind of partner. Different than what? That's what I want to know. Different than what? They know how to take risks that can end up destroying the economy. <laughs> ah, yes, and making them a lot of money. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how Goldman Sachs, and and it is, it is. The first it's the first credit card they've ever issued yeah and they were probably really happy to finally enter the market too because there's a lot of money and you know making these cards now i want to know what the interest rate is because you know some people have really bad interest rates on their credit cards i think the average right now is about eight percent which isn't that bad for a credit card yeah you know given it's ease of use eight percent is pretty good some people probably have somewhere between five or five to eight depending on how good your credit score is and you know how good you can negotiate a deal yeah um, if you type in apr uh, number four at the bottom of the thing, it ranges from 12.99 to 23.99 APR. Ugh. That's Ouch. really bad. Yeah, that is. That's not good at all. I mean, I think my, I think my credit card that I have through, I think, Chase has like a 10% or 10.99% APR, which is really, is still not great. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, it, it is actually pretty decent for a credit card, though. Um, hmm, yeah, my, my bank offers credit cards starting at 10% to 22%. Yeah. Um, but also, mine is much, mine's lower. Think about so. the, think about the implications of like, this card is only usable if you have an iPhone, right? If you have an, yeah, if you have an iPhone, that's how you apply no. for it. You can't get this if you don't have an iPhone. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so well, that's that's lovely. Think about the implications of that, right? Let's say that you are not perfectly happy with I, your iCloud, your iPhone, your Apple ecosystem, but you get this card anyway, right? And let's say I've heard that people are getting like eight thousand, fifteen thousand dollars credit lines from this. Think Ouch. think about that for a second. What does that actually mean? If you have let's like fifteen thousand dollars in credit issued through apple's ecosystem and you decide to leave apple's ecosystem that means you can't use the apple card anymore and so mm -hmm. if you delete if you get rid of that account that's more credit than most people have combined in all of their credit cards like i don't even ha I, I have like five credit cards i think i might have a total of seven or eight thousand dollars total and that will screw your uh your your credit rating if you get rid of that much credit. You know what I'm saying? Oh like, yeah, it, you'll have to do it slowly. I only have two. Um and uh 
yeah, one, one's through Chase and one's through the bank. And uh, Chase offered me, I don't know why, but Chase offered me a couple uh, years ago. Um, oh God, it was an obscene amount of credit. And I was just like, no. No. And they were like, are you sure? And I was like, hell yeah, I'm sure. Like, it's it wouldn't, like, hurt me too bad if I would gotten rid of it. It would have, you know, tanked me for probably a year and then it would have gone off, you know. But it's like, I don't need that much. Right. Like, my bank, at a minimum, not at a minimum, but they tend to give about 5000 on credit. Um, and, you know, my cards, I believe, are at 8%. Yeah. I don't know. I've never paid interest on it. I've never paid interest on a credit card, so I don't really care what it is, actually. <laughs> I do like my 3% back, though. Yeah. That's nice. I love my 3% back. Yeah, I love my 3% back. But see, I'm the worst person, because I don't... It's like, if I don't have the money to buy it at hand, I don't use my credit card, because there's no way in hell... Right. Uh, I know credit card interest rates are going up, though. Because I remember a couple, like, it was like six or seven months ago, uh, my bank offered 8%. Now they offer 10%. So, whatever. I mean, mine are going to stay where they are, which I believe is 8%. And yeah, I love my 3% back from Chase. It's awesome. It's it's really great. Yep. I don't get a lot of travel miles though, but I don't travel, so I don't really care. I I used the the cash back that I got on my um, purchases over the last two years to actually buy most of the ticket for going to Linux Fest this year. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I need to look into that. I bet I have a lot of like points just sitting there because like you yeah. know I pay all my bills with my credit card, so. Yeah. That's the trick, man. You want good credit. You, uh, one, don't rack up debt, and two, you buy everything with a credit card, and then you pay it off. That's the real trick. And everyone's like, oh, that's such a terrible idea. No, actually, it's not. If you're in the U.S., it's actually a really good idea. But you have to remember, you don't spend what you don't have. Yeah. So if you only have $500, you spend 500 or less. You don't spend more than $500. If you do, then you've just screwed yourself. Right. Because, yeah, credit cards are insane. And most people have like 25 plus percent credit cards like yeah <gasps> it's insane like oh man like oh like like paying the minimum on three thousand dollars would probably take you like 80 months or something like <laughs> yeah. ugh, and you'd end up paying like 4500 by the time you're done so well it probably made me closer to four thousand but still like that's a lot that's an extra thousand dollars that's insane yeah so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's whatever. But, yeah, I, I just – what blows me away, though, is, is that they made all this card and they did all this crap, and it's the most fragile thing in existence. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Well, the, What are we supposed to do, Apple? Just – you know what? It probably sinks in with Apple Pay, and you don't even need it. Right. That, they don't send it to you unless you request it. That's the thing. You're supposed to use your phone. And what the other thing that I read is that if you actually – you have Apple Pay on your phone – right and it will tell you what your credit card number is if you get the apple card it doesn't have a credit card number written on it anywhere not on the front not on the back I there's know. no numbers on it and even in and even in the app it's a different credit card number than than the apple card that's in your app and it will only ah, show you the well, last four digits in the app of the of the physical card's number it won't even tell Lovely. you the actual credit card number then how you buy stuff with it on other sites? Like, I don't understand. You use that credit card number that's for your, your phone's card rather than the physical card. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
it's that's stupid. it's truly an apple experience <laughs> yeah it seems overly complicated too like, yeah it seems very complicated yeah I don't know. What do you guys think about the Apple card? Um, I would recommend you listen to this PSA and don't ever do that. Don't don't get an Apple card. Um, <laughs> let us know what you think about this in the forums, forum.heavyelement.io. Uh, you can also send us an email, show at offtopical.net, and let us know what you think. So we got a couple pieces of news here, Raven. Uh, did you hear about the, the, the YouTube news that's going on? Oh, you mean YouTube is... People are about to unionize and YouTube's about to be sued into oblivion. So now they're finally doing something about the DMCA abusers. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So, I think I just summed up that entire thing. Yeah, you did. There's a bunch of different <laughs> stories here. Uh, and, they, and most of them come back to basically the YouTube being sued into oblivion thing. Uh, the first thing is that... Uh, YouTube has like clamped down on copyright, uh, m- you know, manual copyright claims, and they're trying to disincentivize copyright trolls. Um, basically, they're not allowing uh, copyright holders to manually claim and then monetize videos with very short clips or unintentional music. Um, I think that this is a freaking awesome thing, and I am happy that. They got threatened by a union. <laughs> yeah, this is literally Nintendo why it's can go. Nintendo can go suck itself. Oh man, Nintendo is. Awful. Oh, you have five seconds of our music. We now own your twenty-minute video. Um, yeah. What? Like no. Ugh, they are truly wicked. Um, but I love their video yeah. games. <laughs> uh, Just mind blowing, but yeah. yeah. So the this is this is really cool though because you know. This is there. There's a ton of companies that have cropped up, and their sole purpose is to sift through YouTube and like manually claim fair use instances of copyrighted work, and uh, this will hopefully disincentivize them from doing that. I mean, this is will hopefully cut off all of their revenue because that's like literally the only reason they exist is to 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 suckle at the teat of YouTube <laughs> in the most abusive way possible. <laughs> I don't know. We also have this story of uh, YouTube is now suing a DMCA troll. Uh, So a guy is allegedly accused of, uh, or no, he is accused of allegedly attempting to extort YouTubers by abusing the DMCA three strikes copyright system. Um, This is an interesting story. What do you think about this story? Personally, I think it's about time that YouTube actually did something about that oh, instead yeah. of just ignoring it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's I'm, ridiculous. Basically, what this guy did, I can't remember what his name is. I didn't write it down, but it's like right here. Uh, it doesn't say. Some kid, uh, Christopher Brady, uh, he allegedly filed false, uh, multiple false DMCA claims against um, YouTube channels. And then uh, once they had two strikes on their account, he would then try to extort them for money um, so that, that he wouldn't give them a third strike and have their channel removed from YouTube. Yeah, and you could probably message YouTube and they would have just ignored you because they suck. They yeah. They just don't care. So it Unless took, you're like, 
Yeah, it took uh, Obby Raids, one of the guys that was, you know, the victim of the extortion here. He actually took a screenshot of Brady, Brady boy, <laughs> and posted it to Twitter and was like, hey, this guy's like trying to extort me for money. And uh, yeah, and then Brady, uh, the the troll here, because he had filed these um, erroneous claims, he actually got access to these youtubers um uh home addresses and stuff like that and so he actually allegedly filed uh you know for he like performed a swat on this guy and like called the law enforcement and said oh my god there's a hostage situation you need to send swat yeah 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 that should be that should be tried as attempted murder it probably should honestly uh, there's new federal laws surrounding swatting, which is why we haven't been having it as often. It still happens, but because um, people are starting to get some serious jail time for it now. Yeah, like, they got jail time before, but now there's specific laws. You know, they can go to jail for ten plus years. Good. I mean, bye bye. Yep. Have fun. Hope it was worth it. But yeah, he's he's going to jail, no doubt. Um, yeah, he's he's going to jail. I mean, even the extortion, like, I would have called the cops and been like, dude's trying to extort me because extortion is legal. It doesn't really matter how you do it. It's still illegal. Yeah. Even if all they did was take a police report, I would have let them know. And I would have called your local police department and just let them know that, you know, you've been having a difficult time with someone and, you know, you know, that, you know, everything's cool and you might try to swat, you know, just to let them know so that they could check, you know, because, you know. Because police are starting to get better about looking into this stuff now. Right. But because usually when someone claims a hostage situation, they can't, like, you know, like, they can't just not do anything. They have to do, they have to take it seriously as it appears before them. Right. So it's always a good idea to, like, you know, get involved a little bit, you know? Yeah. Be a little proactive just to minimize the damage that it's about to befall you. Um and YouTube should have never been given out that information anyway. I think they so are if, legally required to give out that information because of the yes, DMCA. Right. But on the other hand, now they're going to make it very difficult because they're going to vet it before. So, which is what they were supposed to be doing in the first place. Yeah. The DMCA is not a free reign to just go around and copyright strike anyone. Like you are, you are legally entitled to vet it before you do anything. Yeah, and YouTube is just like, no, we'll just because that's how YouTube got around. Remember the early days when everyone was really against YouTube before it started making a lot of money. Remember, they were like, we don't want our stuff on there, and now they make mm-hmm. tons of money, so they want it on there. And one of the ways they made it so appealing was they just kind of like rolled over. So, yeah, this is yeah, this is insane. Like, I, I hope that this kid is made an example of. I don't know if he's a kid, but I hope this guy is made an example of. And I hope that YouTube continues to uh, sue the crap out of people who abuse the DMCA. Hopefully we can oh, yeah. get some precedence in there uh, that, you know, you can't abuse this crap. Especially for, like, people who are trying to silence, you know, who abuse the, who abuse the DMCAs to silence uh, critics like that kind of stuff. YouTube should sue over that as well. Oh yes, I'm so tired of seeing that every single time. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I um, I, I watched we the legal eagle lot. video about uh, this 
this case in particular. And uh, apparently Google is using, or YouTube here is using like the law firm that Google chooses to represent them in like really high profile cases. And one of the things that um, the DMCA uh, entitles like safe harbor companies like Google to do is like sue for attorney's fees. And Legal Eagle said basically if this guy loses, he's going to be on the line for a thousand dollars an hour for several thousand hours worth of work from this legal firm. He will have to pay the legal fees of Google for suing him. And that's like thousands, if not, that's hundreds of thousands, if not a million dollars just for that. Oh, it's probably, probably more than that. I'd be surprised if they probably do. Those guys might be worth more than a thousand dollars an hour. I, well, the, the legal Eagle says that if you can get a 10% discount, it's about a thousand dollars an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to happen. He's going to, he's going to get hit with the bill. So monstrous. Oh dude, I know <laughs> it, it's he's he's and you know the thing is some of those things because some people are like well they're just filed for bankruptcy no just it's a funny thing a lot of people seem to think that if you file for bankruptcy it's like some kind of magic bullet and all your debts wiped away you go before a judge and a judge gets to decide what gets wiped away and what doesn't you get a bad judge that says nah you have to pay it all back there's no guarantee that you i mean typically yeah most people do get stuff but if you get sued in court they might just be like sorry we're just gonna God, your wages are gonna be garnished for the rest of your life like you'll never be able to pay it back yeah like your life is effectively ruined not just that he's gonna be doing all this from a jail cell so i have no idea i'd even pay him in the first place right what's he gonna do give him a hundred dollars a year <laughs> something like that <laughs> <laughs> like he's not gonna have any money because that's the thing you can garnish people's wages in jail oh yeah so he'll be he won't be able to get anything anything from the prison store he will be broke he will have no money the whole thing will be garnished yeah he will literally have the most miserable experience in jail ever as if being in jail is a good experience so you know take that for what it is like it's just going to be awful yep and he deserves it because he brought it on himself no one made him go out and be an asshole like that he chose to do it yeah he's got to pay the price i i hope that uh youtube will go after people who are more people who are abusing dmca because we really need the dmca oh there's so nintendo needs to be brought in line they abuse the dmca constantly yeah but you know with this new ruling they'll probably back off because hopefully i would hope so because you know nintendo's wealthy but so is google so and i would love to see those two companies just throw themselves at each other it's always funny when multi-billion dollar companies throw their weight around yeah because you know they all have like basically the same legal team so it's really weird and awkward for everyone it's (laughs) like going against their co-worker type shit yeah (laughs) like you know i mean it's not really but you know it's like because you know there's only so many high profile legal teams in the world and they all have billions of dollars and they can all afford them so it wouldn't surprise me if they have multiple different firms just because of that instance so there's no conflict Mm. it's ridiculous man it is truly ridiculous but i mean it is what it is and hopefully youtube will get it sorted because it's been a problem for way too long yeah and youtube needs to do better protection like because if someone is if someone got the idea to swat someone based off that information youtube needs to correct that immediately yeah 
Oh my God. Yeah. And the, the last YouTube story that we have <laughs> is um, YouTube's algorithm has flagged and removed animal fighting videos, but they're of robots battling each other. You know, I was Talk thinking about, about this comedy. when I saw the show notes. I was like, is this robots that look like animals or is this like their AI algorithm being like, don't hurt my father? I know, right? Like, uh, <laughs> like you know, I know it's a really good thing to joke, but like, what are they trading these algorithms? Because most of these robot fights, they don't look like anything like animals. So what the hell is going on with this algorithm? Yeah, I have no idea. It needs some work, Google. It needs some work. Like they're inanimate objects they don't feel anything yeah remote controlled objects of metal and copper and copper is metal but you know it's just they're just they're just hunks of metal man and plastic that's it maybe a little bit of something flammable but other than that they're just they're not not living yeah and before someone's like computers are people too I mean, if they if there were like two commander datas and they were they were forced to fight each other, you know, I could see that maybe being bad because they look very very human. But like, yeah, know, well, we've all bots. seen like I've seen the video in question. It's like there is no way that looks like an animal. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's ridiculous. It's like they probably bots. just picked up fighting and then was just booted it. You know, like it can tell oh, fighting. Yeah. I think that it, it, it must have been like the title or or something. Uh yeah. And I mean, sometimes these robots can like look kind of violent, but like yeah. they don't look like animals. That's the thing. And so no. it's like I don't know, YouTube. You got to get that Yeah. And out. and you know the other thing too is is like I don't know, YouTube's trying to be more friendly, which is weird because the more friendly they try to be, the worse they get. So <laughs> maybe they should just you know, go back to 2004 YouTube and let anybody do whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, feel like a that's Whoa. a much better idea. The takedown what? notices make clear that the video has been reviewed, quote unquote, by YouTube first. This raises questions about what these reviews look like. Is the reviewer a computer program? It seems unlikely that humans actually looked at the videos in question. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. This is so... It's, it's hard to say. Either way, it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's very stupid, but it's hilarious. Yeah, it's not quite as stupid as a credit card you can't keep in your wallet next to other cards or in your denim pockets, but it's pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about this BattleBot, BattleBot theater mishap? Let us know in the forums. Uh, forum.heavyelement.io we got the show notes over there you can see a link to all the stories we've talked about today um, Raven I thought this was going to be a longer episode but we're only at like an hour 15 you made me stop talking about Libram that's what happened oh, you made me stop talking about it right. yeah I did do yep. that didn't I you did you did this is all on you well I mean we could go back to it but you know what I gotta use the bathroom so I think that's gonna be it for this episode <laughs> Uh, thank you for being here, Raven, as always. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, this has been the Optical Podcast. Let's do this again soon. Mm-hmm.